Welcome to the first ever Neural Compass podcast. My name is Steven Sinecrope. I am a first-year neuroscience major at the University of Chicago, and I wanted to start this podcast in order to explore neuroscience and psychological topics in a public format for the hopes of communal benefit. A disclaimer to begin with is that I am a student and always learning. Nothing I discuss is, cons- is to be considered medical advice. With that in mind, our first episode is on sleep and dreams. The history of dreams and their perceived value, according to sleepassociation.org, dates back to as far as 4000 BCE, where dreams were documented on clay tablets. The Greeks and Romans even had dream interpreters accompany them into battle, setting that the dreams of generals could be valuable in visualizing tactics or enemy positions. The popular conception of dreams in the public eye is psychoanalytic, containing elements of the unconscious, such as desires or fears, all elements of wish fulfillment. Psychoanalysis is a school of psychology that was created by the infamous Sigmund Freud, whose theories are considered in academia at a distance because of his obsession with sexual drives and his somewhat misogynistic viewpoints. All one-function theories, like Freud's of wish fulfillment, only encompass a minority of dreams. Psychologist Deidre Barrett of Harvard Medical School describes that researchers are converging on the idea that dreams are simply thought in a new biochemical state. Isn't that crazy to imagine? That your dreams are another form of your thoughts, just with new parameters and a new way of displaying. This puts a whole new understanding to the phrase sleep on it. Keeping this in mind, you can utilize your dreaming in order to mull over difficult decisions and complex problems. Multiple surrealist painters and famous writers have actually based massively successful works upon their dreams. A few examples to name are Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and actually a majority of Salvador Dali's art. Dali went as far as having a canvas beside his bed. Now, I don't think you need to go to that extreme, or even commit to a daily dream journal, as some might prescribe. I think simple awareness of dreams as valuable forms of thought can benefit your life. Also, you could consider having a pen and paper by your nightstand. Dreams largely occur in what is known as the REM, or rapid eye movement stage of sleep. These stages of sleep are characterized by high brain activity, which can actually be more intensive than waking activity. But localization of this is different. Most notably, your prefrontal cortex is less active in sleep while your motor areas and emotional midbrain are more active. The prefrontal cortex is involved in higher social considerations and censorship. This makes sense thinking of the free thinking and sometimes socially unacceptable natures of our dreams. I'm sure you can think of a dream that you wouldn't be so inclined to share. The biological function of dreams and sleep is still largely a mystery which makes it all the more fun to talk about. However, recent evidence implicates REM sleep 
and removal of toxins in the brain that can cause Alzheimer's. Also, processing and retention of memory and data from a recent study led by Francis Crick, famous for the DNA frame, and Graham Mitchinson suggests REM sleep acts as an unlearning mechanism which cleanses the brain of degrading parasitic neuronal networks, which is a lot of words in a complex order. But basically, it's saying that sleep and dreams streamline neural activity and consolidate neural networks. So then the question becomes, how can you hack REM sleep? Well, interestingly enough, our brain's basal or standard state is awake. Now, your first conception may be to think the brain's standard or basal state should be asleep and that additional processes of consciousness would elevate it to an awake state. This is actually not true. Research has shown that the standard state is awake and meaning that in order to fall asleep, we actually have to actively turn on circuitry in the brain and flip the circuit to a sleeping state. This helps in understanding why so many people suffer from insomnia or just have difficulty falling and remaining asleep. This also helps to explain the occurrence of parasomnias, which are semi-conscious states like sleep paralysis, which happens when you become conscious but your brain has not yet switched off restraint of motor control in the pons. This is a part of the brainstem. <clears throat> The reason these episodes are sometimes combined with sightings of demons or other hallucinogenic elements is because at times this state, this parasomnic state, can be achieved with a spillover of REM. This allows dreamlike hallucinations occurring in all senses to invade the semi-conscious state. Another important aspect, or another important aspect of your life that can contribute to your dreams and how you experience them are pharmacologic agents. Psychology Today cites that pharmacologic agents can affect dreams dramatically, altering the vivid nature or the ability to recall these said dreams. Certain SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and other antidepressants have been shown and linked to more vivid and higher recollection of dreams although some other pharmacologic agents have been shown to have the opposite effect. Cocaine, for instance, has been shown to almost completely suppress REM sleep. What this means for you is that if you're on medication, this could be affecting your sleep and your dreams. Also, I am in no way advising that you go into the forest and start picking up some mushrooms, hoping to achieve some vivid dreams. Now, in our daily lives, we are barraged with constant advice on how to improve our sleep. But often this advice, at least in my experience, has felt unrealistic, and therefore I just brushed it off. As a student who lives in a dorm room, the common advice of avoiding electronics before bed or avoiding doing homework in your room is preposterous. I've gone over many benefits of sleep and dreaming, but the question is really, how can you feasibly realize and see these benefits? The first relatively easy way to improve the quality of your sleep is consistency. And this is based upon 
the circadian rhythms we all experience. Circadian rhythms are your body's way of monitoring time. There are parts of your brain which are reset by light each morning that are able to clock patterns of autonomic activity, such as your breathing patterns and heartbeat. Setting a realistic bedtime and doing your best to stick to it will allow your brain to actually acclimate to a schedule, and you'll more easily enter REM sleep each night. During my first year of classes, I made a point to be in bed by midnight every night. Well, almost every night. But this last quarter and summer and online schooling due to the coronavirus pandemic have deteriorated my routine. So I'm working on this tip as well. Another underrated piece of advice is to find time for exercise. Exercise has a growing body of research tying it to improved sleep, although timing is important. Aerobic exercise, like cardio, causes endorphin release, which actually can cause feelings of wakefulness, which may seem counterintuitive. However, after exercising, your body temperature will decline from a heightened state, and this decline in core temperature can have a relaxing and sleepy effect. This works just like taking a hot shower in the morning to wake up, except reversed. Personally, I find taking a run or lifting in mid-afternoon before sitting down for homework and study or work does wonders for me. But you should look to what find you should look to find what works best for you. There's no harm in experimenting. I'd like to end with a relevant poem by Emily Dickinson which describes powerfully the freedom of one's dream in such few words. Emily Dickinson, we dream, it is good we are dreaming. We dream, it is good we are dreaming. It would hurt us were we awake, but since it is playing, kill us, and we are playing, shriek. And that's the ending of the first ever Neural Compass podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions as how I can make this more engaging, or you wish to be in a future episode, please do not hesitate to fill out the form on our website or contact me directly. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support greatly. And don't forget to dream on.